Welcome everybody to Mindset Monday. I'm your host, Denise Zach. Thank you so much for being here today. I have a great guest today, but before I get to introducing him, I just want to thank you for, for joining us here. Um, this is a podcast about getting into those six inches in between your ears, part of the Game Plan You community. I bring on our founders, our executives and residents really to kind of learn a little bit about how they are successful, how they push through difficult times, what motivates them every day and how they get their mindset into the right place to be successful. Game Plan You, if you haven't heard about it, is a unique organization. Uh, we are a community of founders, career seekers, and executives and residents, um, all centered around sports technology and innovation. Uh, we support one another. Our founders are amazing uh, men and women who are diving into the sports innovation world. And we have created this community that supports them in being successful. Uh, we also help career seekers who are looking to build their portfolio, who are looking to network and get connections. And then we also have these amazing executives and residents who mentor our founders and our career seekers and help them to be the most successful they can be. And it's just been a wonderful ride. If you want to learn more about Game Plan U, definitely um, check us out at gameplanu.org. It is uh, something that I think you would really, really like to hear more about. So with, without further ado, I am going to introduce our guest today. He is someone who joined our community a couple of months ago. He is a go-getter. He comes from halfway around the world in Melbourne, Australia, played D1 um, football in a sport that he had never played before, was successful, and uh, and happened to start a company, a, a couple companies on the way. So we're here to talk with him today. We're super excited to have him as part of our community. Uh, without further ado, let me bring on James Sackville from AIR, Athletes in Recruitment. Hey, James. Hi, how are you? I'm well, how are you doing? Doing well, can't complain for a Monday morning. <laughs> well, that's good. It's good to have you here. Thanks so much for joining me. Uh, just, just good to have you on. Um, why don't you, can you tell us a little bit about kind of your journey, how you got here and, and then a little bit about athletes in recruitment? Sure. So my name is James Sackville, born and raised in Melbourne, Australia, uh, and was lucky enough to come over to the States on a football scholarship uh, back in 2016. Uh, I came from a program called Pro Kick Australia, which takes uh, young aspiring Australian athletes uh, that have perhaps had uh, differences or not, or different circumstances to not play professional football in Australia, in, in Australian football, uh, and give them the opportunity to get a college scholarship to play college football uh, here in America. So I was one of those one of those guys where, as an 18 year old kid, uh, kind of realized that I wasn't quite good enough to play pro sports, uh, and that was pretty disheartening for me. So I kind of wanted to figure out the next best thing to do from an athletic perspective, and came across Pro Kick Australia and. 12 months later or so, I was uh, lucky enough to get a college scholarship to come play football at SMU in Dallas. Uh, and that was, yeah, 2016 and very much kind of jumped in uh, head first. I I'd never played the game before, um, as you made mention of, and it was very much a sink or swim situation. So I, I uh, came in, was a four-year starter, and then graduated a little over a year ago. And since then, I've uh, have kind of started, I've have built... Um, have built AIR, which is you made mention of. And essentially what AIR is, is I've combined the concepts of LinkedIn and a dating app, but for collegiate athletic recruiting, which is ironic considering that I didn't play high school sports here. So I kind of, 
uh, I kind of looked at the existing marketplace and I was like, I, I believe this is quite inefficient. And I think that there's a lot of room for growth and opportunity here. Um, and I myself, I'm, I, I don't think I'm very uh, book smart to say the least, but um, from an intuition standpoint and from a, a opportunity to see, you know, the bigger picture, I think I, I have the ability to do that um, and kind of just saw this, this massive hole um, and said, okay, well, let's let's explore let's explore this see if there's something there um went and spoke to a few of my coaches at smu throughout my last year there and said hey if i was to build something like this like would you buy it that was like the first question mm -hmm. um and they were all like yeah if if you can build what you say you're going to build absolutely like we'll buy it so that mm -hmm. kind of gave me like enough information to be like let's go build like an mvp see if see if this has legs spend as little money as possible um and and go from there and through, you know, I think seven or eight different iterations now um, over the course of the last year, uh, we're finally at a point now where we're almost ready to go to market. So we're going to go to market in two months here, um, which is which is really, really exciting. I love it. And I, I love the idea of the app. And I've had the, the pleasure of being able to walk through it with you and really see its capabilities. And it's amazing. And and all of the the subtle details and 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 added capabilities that, that you are putting into it, I think are going to be amazing. Um, you know, just in terms of an athlete being able to market themselves in a unique way with, with the ability for coaches and universities to also really seek out specifically what they are looking for in athletes and doing kind of a match, right? A match setup with, with that, I think is just amazing. And you also have another element with, uh, with the, the app as well with um, with mentors or liaisons, correct? Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess I didn't kind of go detailed into what the app is. So like essentially student athletes can create their own athletic resume per yeah. se and promote themselves to relevant college coaches, to their liaisons, which to your point um, in this context is a parent, a guardian, a high school coach, private trainer, recruiting service. Um, it might be a high school administrator, a guidance counselor perhaps. Um, that can act as that third party slash intermediary between the student athlete and the college coach. Uh, it's for a few reasons. So there are rules that the NCAA has in regards to when communication can occur um, and, and the specific age in which um, that can occur. So for football specifically, it's not until September of your junior year um, mm -hmm. as a high school footballer to when you can have direct communication with said college coach. But um, someone that can act as that third party is able to speak on your behalf and have communication and that's legal. Um, so that's part number one. Part number two is that we really see this as no different than getting a high paying job from the eight, ages of 18 to 22 or 23. Um, myself, I was lucky enough to, to get a scholarship. So like, I didn't have to pay for school. I took no debt out from school where I, I know many other kids in this country cannot say the same. So I'm incredibly fortunate in that regard. Um, so with that being said, in a professional setting, it's always good to have a reference or a referral, someone to tell tell your future employer how great you are. Um, mm. this, this is absolutely no different. So that's that part, as well as student athletes have the ability to swipe left or right on a university to indicate their interest. Unfortunately, student athletes, in our opinion, don't have the ability to promote themselves in the way that they need to, to really control their own narrative. And we feel as though this is the best way to allow them to take control, hold the microphone and uh, 
and expose themselves as they need to be exposed. Recruiting mm-hmm. is an exposure game. It's an eyeball and an attention game. Mm-hmm. So that's really what we are aiming to promote. And then on the other end, college coaches uh, have the ability to sort, filter, and swipe on a prospective student-athlete based on their specific wants and needs. Yeah. Uh, so they can essentially build their own player, whether it be they're looking for a, a recruit in, in a certain region of the country or the world. If it's a physical trait, maybe they're looking for a quarterback that's over six foot tall. It might be an academic situation. They might say, if you have a, under a 3.0 GPA, you're just an academic non-qualifier at our school. Mm-hmm. Every school has different... Um, different levels of, of everything. They, it might, you might have a really high academic institution, might have an academic institution that isn't as, isn't as strong. Um, mm. Just depends. And, and it's up to the university and those coaches themselves to essentially build their own player and tell us what they want. And based on what they tell us they want, we will present them the guys that best fit their criteria. Yeah, I love it. I just think it's a, it's a unique uh, platform that kind of pulls everything together that universities and students look for. So I, you know, I think it's, I think it's awesome. You know, I kind of leading off of that, talking about academics and you, you said, you know, maybe I'm, I'm not the most book smart person. Um, you know, when we think about being an entrepreneur, a lot of people think, oh, uh, I'm, you know, they kind of get in their own head and they say, I'm not smart enough. I can't do that. Um, you know, for someone who, just says, you know, hey, I may not be the most book smart person. How did you find the confidence to to build your own company to say, hey, I think I can do that? What what was that mindset for you? Uh, yeah, truthfully, it's all I've ever known. Um, I, I'm the product of 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 uh, entrepreneurial parents. My mom, my mom's born and raised in London, England. Uh, dropped out of high school when she was sixteen and um, traveled the world throughout her twenties, and then started a a company in her early 20s. She was actually living in Bali at the time. Um, so that's all I've ever known. My dad, um, blue collar blue collar guy, but has, you know, run his own business for the better part of, of 20 years as well. Um, mm. you know, small, small business owners in Australia. Um, so growing up, I the, the idea of a corporate setting just that didn't register with me ever. Um, yeah. I, I looked at, you know, my role models as they work, they woke up every morning and they went to be the boss of their own businesses. So like, that's all I, that's all I wanted to do. Um, I didn't know what the business was going to be. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I was like, well, there's the blueprint. So like that's, I don't, in my mind, getting a job was never an option. It wasn't even a thought of like an aspiration to go get a job. Yeah. I was, and I, I mean, you got your audience and yourself don't know me that well, but like, I can. I tend to be quite a stubborn individual. Um, <laughs> so I'm sure most entrepreneurs are um, at least probably pretty strong, pretty strong-willed. Yeah. Um, so having other people tell me what to do, especially if I think that they're wrong, is a really hard thing for me. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, I guess I know that about myself. Let's go. Let's go build something on my own. And and really, from an accountability standpoint, like if I fail, then I have no one else to blame but myself. Mm. And that's the only way I would want it. So. Um, now hopefully we don't fail, but if, if we do for whatever reason, then I'm the only one that can put their hand up and say, it's my fault. Mm-hmm. And, and I bear responsibility there. So mm-hmm. that's, that's how I want it. Yeah. Which, which I love. And I think some people are actually afraid of that. Some people are actually afraid to be the one that's accountable. And I think that's one of the added pressures of being an entrepreneur is that there is this weight and, and responsibility and accountability that, that founders experience and feel 
as a result of, you know, the day in and day out of building something from scratch. So I, I get it. And I think that that's an amazing and really important mindset to, to keep in mind, but to have on a day-to-day basis. Right. And the fact that you had these role models and your parents is great. It's like, you didn't know anything else. And that was it. That was what was going to be, that was your reality. That was your experience. And so that's what you move forward with. And so I imagine it might be more difficult or challenging. I don't know, but I can imagine it might be more difficult or challenging for, for, you know, young adults growing up who didn't have that role modeling. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I can't really speak on, on any other, you know, young founder that perhaps, you know, had parents to grow up in a corporate setting. Yeah. Uh, it's all I've ever known. So it didn't, for me, it wasn't like this crazy, um, this crazy like leap of faith to be yeah. it was just like this is what i've always done this is what i've this is the only thing i've ever known like if i to be completely frank with you if i um didn't play sports as a young kid um and i didn't get up have the opportunity to come play sports here in america for college i i would have dropped out of university after one semester like i got into university back home but i, I had this conversation with my mom about like six months ago i'm like what would i have done at university like what, what, what benefit would that have had for me? Mm. Um, especially in Australia, that is, um, like it just, yeah. what's the point? Like I would have, I just would have gone and built something, you know, <laughs> like I, I mean, I'm working on this, but like, I was the type of kid that like, I have, you know, a note file and, an, and a, a little journal that like, I have hundreds and thousands of ideas of like, this would be cool. Let's just try this. So like, yeah. that's, that's just kind of how I'm, I'm kind of wide in, in that yeah. perspective. Um, and I liked, I liked the responsibility. I feel as though I'm not living up to kind of what I should be or have the potential to be if I, you know, sit back and, and relax a little bit. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's that kind of, um, that energy, that resilience, that kind of, uh, that push that entrepreneurs have, I think that sets them apart from, from others. It's that, you know, I can do this and I'm not scared to do it. And, Maybe I'm a little bit nervous about it because I think there is a little bit of trepidation anytime you're venturing into the unknown, right? But it's but it's being willing to put yourself in that uncomfortable position and keep going and figuring it out as you as you go. You know, I, I talk with um, my colleagues a lot, and the way we talk about startups is they're kind of building the airplane as they're flying. You know, it's like you're in the air and you're like, okay, we're going to have to land this thing at some point. What do we need? You know? So I just think it's really just a, just a great mindset. Let me ask you this. What has been the biggest struggle for you, you know, in developing your own company and building your own company? Yeah, I, I, I probably most entrepreneurs that you will speak to, especially young ones will have like this imposter syndrome. Um, I'm no, no exception trust me. Um, yeah. I mean, just like, you don't know what you don't know to be completely honest with you. Um, and you kind of need, it's, it's hard for people to take you seriously, um, without some sort of an in or some, you know, unique value proposition. That's like completely unheard of. Like, I think Mm -hmm. the fact that I'm to be completely frank, foreign, um, is a, a massive help to me, but equally a massive deterrent from me. Um, you know, it's a good conversation piece to be like, oh, you're Australian, great, especially being here in America. But then people here in America will also be like, well, you also don't understand how things work here. So like, we're not going to take you seriously. Hmm. Uh, so I've, I like, it's like, yeah, there's that. There's, I mean, I, 
I've, this is my first American company. So it's kind of like, whoa, like how does this system work? Um, yeah, I like I, I started the business like as soon as I graduated college. So um, there was no like in between stage. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the biggest struggle is just trying to build systems and processes, which is the the foundation of any of any company. Um, I like my goal is to try and build the systems and processes and really invest in in people as best as I can. Um, but also having a big enough picture to to scale and, and obviously being able to sell your vision is is 80 percent of the of the battle here um especially uh, when you're when you believe you've come up with something perhaps innovative and and uh that is going to change an industry um convincing a lot of people in a short period of time is is obviously a, a pretty challenging feat so i don't think we're there yet i think i'm perhaps on my way but um i mean yeah i my goal is to learn and grow every day and, and kind of be better than yesterday so that's that's been the process thus far yeah, that's great. And I think it's a good mentality to have just every day, keep upping your game and, and taking it to the next level. You talked too, though, about investing, making sure that systems and processes work well around you, right? Like you're only as good as your, you know, your biggest mistake, right? But you learn from it and then you grow. Um, and then you'd also talk about investing in people, which I think, you know, is is so important and, and who you surround yourself with that can help many times with the imposter syndrome uh, thing that all of us deal with, I think, at times in our, in our life. And um, but if you surround yourself with people who have some strengths and some some knowledge in areas that we don't, I think it can set you up for success. And it sounds like I think sometimes imposter syndrome can help us to really garner the support that we need. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, uh, I truthfully, I live and die by like the phrase, show me your five best friends and I'll tell you who you are. Mm. Uh, I like, I don't think there's a truer statement ever. Um, as human beings, we are inherently influenced. It's just human nature to be influenced by those around you. So yeah. if you spend your time with five people that are bad for you, then you're going to, you know, pick up some tendencies. On the contrary, if you, you know, spend your time with five highly motivated individuals, you're probably going to start, you're going to pick up a, a thing or two of why they're highly motivated and why they're successful. Yeah. Um, I that is my entire goal in life is yeah. to surround myself with people that I think are better than me and I aspire to become or can pick something positively up from those individuals. Mm -hmm. um, the same is no different in in business. Like I have a rule if like I cannot be better at anything like or whatever their job is that, that I'm hiring for, like they have to be so much better than me at doing it. And now that's not saying a lot because I think there's a lot that I'm no good at. Um, <laughs> why you hire people in, a, in an organization, but um, it doesn't make sense if you're if I'm better than you at, at, at like especially significantly better at you at your job. Then why are you in the job? Mm -hmm. um, you know, like there's a very fine line between running you know a successful organization and then like just being a you know a friend. Like I can be your friend doesn't mean you need to work for me and vice versa. Um, you can be the best employee ever, but like a terrible person and you can't get along with the people around you, in which case I can't have you. Right. So um, finding that balance is really is really the the hard thing. I don't think I've figured it out yet. I think that's an evolving process and that's kind of something that I try to to look at introspectively on a daily basis and figure out what do I need, what complements me, where can I where can I pull back and give more responsibility? Um, Cause I think that's going to be a really big part of, of having the company grow. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's a, uh, 
I, I wish there was like a, a, a specific answer for you. It's just kind of a, <laughs> you, you gotta, you gotta get your, your, your feet wet and see what works, see what doesn't. Like I, uh, I, my, my kind of management style is I am very hands-on until I'm like, okay, you have, you have the tools and capabilities to go do your thing, then go do your thing. And then we can collaborate whenever it's necessary to collaborate. I don't want to, you know, be completely over people. Um, and, and that, that, that doesn't do anyone any good. But with that being said, you have to have proved that you have the capability to not be, you know, completely looked over. So, yeah, especially in a startup, it's, it's like it, when you have a really small team, like it's really easy to manage, you know, five, six people, but it's really hard to manage a hundred. So you have to start delegating responsibility. And I'm, I'm at that small stage at the moment, but you know, hopefully, the, the company scales and grows and we have we have a fair few employees so like it's uh yeah for me it's trying to that transitional period of giving everyone that that needs the tools and responsibilities the tools and responsibilities to go do it and then trust them to go do their thing absolutely and i think really when when you talk about that giving someone the confidence helping them learn or they maybe they come in with that confidence already that confidence already but giving them the control to be able to do their job that's where productivity really flourishes that's when you know in the organizational work that I've done that's when I've noticed the most productivity happening is when someone feels like they have the ability to control what they do on a day-to-day -day basis and and they have the confidence to be able to do it right that purpose and that drive to kind of keep going so i love that i think it's a great it's a great mindset for, as a leader to be able to instill that in employees or for people who are working for you and alongside you because all of us at the end of the day we just want to feel successful we just want to feel like we're we're making progress every single day and so i just think that you know that's an, an awesome awesome way to kind of manage and, and lead a team and will lead to only good things right yeah well it's funny you mentioned that like i think the number one job of a, of a leader in an organization is understanding what motivates someone mm -hmm. um like they're like it's not always monetary um you know sometimes it's being part of a founding team sometimes it's you know they want to feel as though they have ownership of a of a stake that's why you have you know employee option pools in tech companies um mm -hmm. you know those early employees you know the chance to perhaps you know make more than just you know whatever their salary is at that point in time um mm -hmm. down the track so sometimes it is it's a leadership role it's a status thing um so you just, really like my job is to understand that um and and really ask those questions like open and honestly and be like what is it that motivates you so that i can best incentivize you to to do the job because at the end of the day if they do a better job then the company does better and i i do better so um so that's really like part of what i i, I spent a lot of time is like getting to know who is working with me um so that i can best help them help me mm -hmm. i love it yeah it's so so important and you know we're, we're talking too about kind of those regular checkings that you don't just do a performance evaluation once a year You've got to regularly, you have got to be connected with your employees and regularly asking these questions, you know, how are you doing? What can I do for you? But then every once in a while, throwing something different in, you know, like what have you been struggling with or what will help you be more successful this, this month, you know, just really trying to stay connected on a, on a mental and a human level with the people that you work with to help motivate them. I think that shows that you care as well, which is a huge impact on people that are working for you. So James, it sounds like you're off to a great start and it sounds like you're you're really 
honing in on, on what it means to be a true leader, to be a good leader, um, but also finding passion in what you do and gathering people around you who have that same vision. No one will ever have the same passion as the, the founder, him or herself, I think. But if you get the best people you can around you, I think there's no, there's no stopping you and no end of what you can accomplish. So let me ask you this last question. Any advice that you would give to someone who maybe is thinking about starting a company or maybe thinking about giving up right now because they're hitting a brick wall? Uh -huh. Well, if, if you don't know how to handle adversity and rejection, you're in the wrong game. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not going to like give you some like generic cheesy answer here. Like, you know, this is 99% failure. Um, if you can't, if you don't have the ability to kind of get, you know, punch in the face and stand back up, then you're, yeah. you're not going to succeed. Yeah. Um, I'm being honest. Like that's yeah, no. truth here. Um, <laughs> if you don't understand it, then, you know, perhaps this isn't for you. Now, if it is, and you, and you can like look yourself in the mirror and be like, yeah, like I'm, I'm capable of withstanding a lot of really bad days for the few like fleeting moments where it's like, wow, we're really doing something great. Mm -hmm. Then, then I think you already have your answer. I don't think me or any other individual can like, you know, wave a wand and be like, yeah, you've got it or you don't. I think that's an internal thing that um, each individual that, you know, will listen to this or will, will have to make on their own, to be completely frank with you. I don't think it's it's fair of me or anyone else to be like, you've got it or you don't. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's up to the person that, that in, order for to, in order for you to have any type of success starting a company, in my opinion, in my limited understanding of the world at this point in time like you have to have that internal understanding yourself and that mm -hmm. um, self-awareness to be like i'm either capable or i'm not and perhaps i'm lying to myself mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of people that are lying to themselves about you know what hard work looks like you know or that like i you know i did five hours of work and i'm you know i'm working really hard um, <laughs> need to like, take a break. not what that is <laughs> this is a, a slog of consistency and hard work and you know sacrifice um not to kind of like sound like dramatic about it but like it's the truth um so yeah that's that would be my 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 big word <laughs> of advice is you you either know or you don't know yourself there's nothing yeah. that can say to you that is all of a sudden going to wave the wand yeah absolutely i love it no it's great advice it's you know it's just being able to be resilient get back up again um keep taking the punches and know that no and expect that there's going to be a lot of um, not so great moments. And, and if you just keep pushing through, hopefully you, you get to that point and, uh, and you, you have that success and, and, um, and create exactly what you wanted to create. So I love it. If people want to get in touch with you, thank you so much for your insights. Um, let's see you're on obviously on LinkedIn, right? So this would be a great way for people to get in touch with you. Yep. yep. And if people want to learn more about athletes in recruitment, if they're interested about that this would be the website to to check it out correct yeah so we're coming out you know in roughly you know eight or so weeks with the with the platform um we're starting in just football only with you know obviously the goals and opportunities to expand into every other sport that the ncaa offers um and yeah really where i don't really see a, a a ceiling to this i think it's uh it's it's definitely got the ability to scale and scale quite quickly so um right. uh, the details will be in the execution and if we don't scale, then, you know, everyone listening to this can can only blame it on one person. And that's me. <laughs> um, I love it. There's that accountability coming in, right? Yeah. Um, and where can people download the app right now? Like when it's or 
Yeah, so we're, we're not live yet um, by design. We're just, you know, getting, so in two months time, um, perhaps you can you can put out another link and say, hey, if, if you are, if you listen to this episode, um, here's the link to now go download the app. Absolutely. And it'll be on the App Store? But yeah, both Android and uh, the yeah, App Store and Google Play Store as well. All right, cool. So in two months, Google Play, the App Store, they'll be available for Android and Apple. Awesome. I love it. Well, James, it was really great to have you on today. I, I appreciate your insights, your honesty, your willingness to kind of just, just be blunt about life and about how you operate as a person. I really appreciate all of it. And I know that people who watch this will definitely benefit from it as well. I wish you all the best. I'm again, so glad that you're part of our community and I can't wait to see what comes next for athletes in recruitment. Thank you. Thank you guys. Take care. See ya.